Miracy. I don't give homework just for homework's sake. I give homework in agreement that we're in alignment that this is the next thing to do or this is what's going to be most important to happen right now. I have a few clients that come in and they've got so many things on their to-do list and they want to do all of them. And often we have to like drill down to what is most urgent right now. As coaches, we are constantly looking for effective ways to support our clients in achieving their goals and making positive changes in their lives. One approach that coaches can use is to assign homework or conduct workshops during coaching sessions. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. We've received a question from one of our listeners asking us to explore the difference between giving clients homework and conducting workshops during coaching sessions. In this episode, we're going to dive deeper into the nuances of these two approaches, exploring their advantages and disadvantages. And today's guest is a returning guest and also a great coach, colleague, and friend. I've invited Joy Torsha today. Joy is an ACES coach at Miracy. She brings more than 20 years of strategic communications experience working in the nonprofit and philanthropic sector. Welcome, Joy. Hello, Melinda. So nice to be here. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. But for listeners that haven't heard your previous episode, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your background? Melinda, I started my career really as a journalist and as a communications director, and I spent about Oh, a little over 20, 21 years at a foundation, in, a private foundation in the U.S. called the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation. And back in the 90s, uh, the founder of that entity, Ewing Kaufman, decided that he wanted to make entrepreneurship an experience that many more people could, could have. I spent 20 years at that foundation working on all kinds of programs that were designed to help entrepreneurs be more successful in starting and growing their businesses and setting up infrastructure to support entrepreneurs in researching what helped them be more successful and so forth. And during that time, I also got certified as a coach and have been coaching for about 15, 20 years as well. And when I joined Miracy a couple of years ago, uh, it was such a great pleasure to get to combine those two experiences to work directly with entrepreneurs and coach them in starting their own businesses. I love it. And I love all the experience that you're bringing to today's conversation. So let's dive in. As I said in the introduction, we received a question from one of our listeners. The question is from a Teacher Gift Pro student at Miracy. Her name is Joan Sloan. It's short and straightforward, and she wrote this. Hi, Melinda. What are your thoughts on giving homework versus workshopping during sessions? Thanks, Joan. Thanks for your question, Joan. And Joy and I will do our best to answer your question. So, Joy... Well, let's start out with defining the difference between giving a client homework and workshopping something with your client during a session. Just to clarify for everybody listening in, how would you define that? And do you do one or the other or maybe a combination of both? Maybe neither. It really depends on what's happening in the session. And sometimes I do one or the other or sometimes both. 
But what helps so much is whenever a person comes into a coaching session with a like a call strategy form or an agenda for what they want to have done in that time, we can be so much more productive and efficient with our time in our coaching session. And I have clients that sometimes come in with something that they really want to workshop. And so we do spend part of our time doing that. And then there's times where this is work they need to do outside of our session. And um, in those cases, we do assign homework and to-do lists, and then we reflect on it at the next session. And so when we talk about workshopping, I think it's pretty straightforward what that means. But how, what do you mean by workshopping? I know how I think about it in my head, but how do you think about it? I'll just use an example. As an ACES coach in, at Miracy, um, I'm often working with my clients on messaging and their sales pages and the materials that they're sending out. And so they may have a draft of a sales page or a demand narrative, which is how you meet your clients where they are. And so they will have sent me a draft and then we go through it during our session and look at what's working, what's not working. And we kind of workshop and and talk about um, maybe reordering how they've talked about something or you know, how are they meeting their clients where they are, all of that. So we, we could kind of go line by line sometimes and, um, and go through the document and workshop it together. We're providing edits or suggestions, and it could be to content, like you said, with marketing material or something like that. Or one of the things that I've done with workshopping is role-playing in the middle of a session, whether it's a conversation that somebody needs to have with somebody, maybe they need to have it with their boss or with their kids or partner or spouse. And so role-playing, I think, can also be a way of workshopping and then beginning to see, I love the way you said, you know, here's what's working about this, here's what's not working about this, and then bringing your experience and wisdom, knowledge, resources, expertise to that scenario. I don't just coach them. I might also start telling them things or consulting them on things. What's your experience as you start workshopping with coaching versus telling or consulting? Well, you know, a term that I learned along the way was kind of directive coaching, whereas um, we do bring in our past expertise and we bring in what we know works. And, um, and a lot of coaching often is getting information out of the client, but if they're not really clear on what direction to go or they don't understand what's you know, what's not working, then it's really important to to give them the basis of our knowledge that actually will move them forward faster. So in those cases, when we can bring that knowledge and expertise or a particular approach, it really does up their game and it, it helps us get them to where they want to go faster. Because sometimes there's scenarios where we want to coach them, asking them clarifying questions, reframing and listening, and they may not land on that thing for a long time. And it's like, you don't have time to mess around. It's like, you got to make some money. Let's get to it. Or I think about listeners, coaches that might be working with people in relationships or this one coach that I'm thinking of, she helps couples not get a divorce. It's like, well, sometimes we need to fast track this and we can help that. And I think it's okay. There can be coaching and consulting. I don't think it's an either or. Just as the coach, we have to be mindful of what we're doing. And I often will, will be very explicit with my clients and say, I'm going to put on my consultant hat for a moment. Mm -hmm. Or I might say, you know, I'm going to put my coach hat back on and then go back into more coaching questions. And the framework that I always have found helpful that my clients have told me they found helpful is how it's all research. This is just what I have found in my experience. I'm going to share this with you. 
And now I want you to try it, you to explore it and see, is that true for you? Maybe it's not true for you, but maybe it sparks an idea that leads to something else that is true for you. And so I I love doing the workshop under the heading of it's all research. That's something I learned from you working with you starting many years ago. And just changing your mindset around what I have to do doesn't have to be perfect because I'm learning who my clients are, what they need, and it's all research to help me best support and serve, you know, so they know what their clients need and they're, they're putting their offers out there that are, that are most likely to transform their own clients' lives. And I have to always remember that just because I have this experience and wisdom that I'm bringing to the table doesn't mean that they're going to listen to it. And that, how do you feel about that? Like in my coaching realm, I have to know as the coach, their journey is their journey. And they're only moving to the degree that they can, that they're willing to or are able to. doesn't matter how much I know or how much I give to them. They may not take it. They may not receive it. And that's also telling of the coaching relationship. What's your experience with that? Well, my experience um, as I'm workshopping, I'm also listening for mindset. And I often find that their mindset can get in the way of receiving the expertise that I'm bringing to them because they're caught up in you know, being afraid to reach out to particular clients or they're caught up in, they don't like the idea of selling, for example. You know, I actually just had a couple of these conversations in the last two weeks about um, really exploring and workshopping their mindset about how they were approaching outreach to their clients and how they could shift that. And um, once we had that conversation, they were in a very different place to hear what we were talking about in the specific of the work that they were doing. Because for, for a lot of them, the mindset is the first thing we have to workshop to get them out of their own way. So let's talk about homework, kind of a different side of that coin, if you will. Why is it important to give homework to coaching clients? How does it enhance the coaching experience? Well, honestly, most of the work happens between the coaching sessions. And it's the work that you agree upon that the client's going to do in between the session that actually moves them forward. I mean, we can have great conversations during them, the sessions that we have, but there's things they've got to be doing on their business or in their life transformation, whatever it is that you're working on them with that has to happen. And they've got to go out and do that work. And so when we can align the homework with what is the right next best step to move them forward, then they come back and hopefully they've had a little win or they've seen something transpire because of that homework in our next session. In the first several weeks, it's like we're undoing a lot of things that don't support us so that we can then get to creating the new habits. And so sometimes in a coaching session, like the brain synapses are not connecting and there needs to be, like you said, that time outside of the conversation where they can go strengthen that through an exercise or expand upon it so that they can see it from different perspectives or just flat out go get more information about something. And that's where I think homework is so valuable. I'm always giving homework to the people that I coach. And and that brings up another question. Does the coach give the homework or does the client figure out the homework? In my case, we typically agree on the homework. And there may be times that I'm more directive and giving the homework that needs to happen, but I don't give homework just for homework's sake. I give homework in agreement 
that we're in alignment that this is the next thing to do or this is what's going to be most important to happen right now. I I have a few clients that come in and they've got so many things on their to-do list and they want to do all of them. And often we have to like drill down to what is most urgent right now. Um, Those other things will come. But when we agree on it and, and we take that next right step, then it actually just aligns the work we're doing together and um, it doesn't overwhelm them outside of the coaching session. So they are focused on the right next thing to do. Okay, that right there, that's an important thing with homework. It's about not overwhelming them. I've said it on other episodes here. The number one reason why our clients and students disconnect, disengage and disappear is overwhelm. It's our job to roll out a path that's doable for them to take and not create more overwhelm. And I love what you just said about the homework. It's designed to minimize that overwhelm. It also keeps focus so that they're not getting caught up in the bright, shiny object syndrome or the, oh, look, squirrel kind of distractions, right? It's like, here's our focus. Here's what's important. We agree to this. Let's stay the course here. Do you ever have somebody where you've agreed to something? Maybe you came up with a piece of homework And they're like, yeah, I can do that. I'll commit to that. And they make that commitment and then they don't do it. And how do you handle that? Well, we kind of explore why they didn't do it. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, it's usually a mindset issue. It's a resistance. It's a, I'm either afraid or um, that didn't feel right to me. And it's it's more of a projection of, I don't want to do this versus I know I need to do this, but I'm scared to do it. And so at that point, I step back into the mindset issues and explore, you know, what's really getting in the way. And then we begin to find where is that point of resistance where it just, it's that trigger moment where it just, it shuts them down and they're like, I, I can't move forward anymore. And then we can really dive into coaching on that specific spot. What are some of the mistakes that coaches might make when giving homework or wanting to workshop something with their clients during a session? I think sometimes coming across as as knowing exactly what they need to do and just kind of presenting it of you need to do this and not really checking for where that edge is. Oftentimes coaches come in knowing what has to happen and just we don't think it's a big deal, but for whatever reason for the client, it is a big leap. Mm-hmm. I also think another mistake is, and I've been guilty of this, of not remembering our clients' circumstances, their lifestyle, what's going on, like the work that I do working with coaches, setting up their business. I've got one who does not have a job, left a job intentionally, and now has, quote unquote, all the time in the world to focus on their business with minimal distractions. And then I have another one who's a single mom with two kids, stay at home, working a part-time job. And those are two very different lifestyles. One's not good, bad, right, or wrong. Just as a coach, I have to take that into account with what's possible, what's doable. And I always check in with, are you able to do this? Are you willing to do this? And do you have what you need to do this? I like to just go through that checklist because then they can kind of go through their own scenario. It's like, well, I do have what I need. I am willing because then that's also going to inform when can they get it done by. You know, one of the things I I find myself checking in a lot is just their commitment to their business and just being in awareness of are they showing up committed to their business? And if not, you know, is it life situations that are getting in the way or is it um, they're not really ready to step into 
what they say they want to do? Because I think that's a different conversation. Yeah, it is. We do need to check in and then revisit if it didn't happen, why not? And if it did, celebrate the heck out of them because we have to celebrate those steps that are taken, the big ones, the minuscule ones, the ordinary ones, the extraordinary ones and everything in between because that celebration is what keeps that momentum going forward. What happens if and how do you handle a coaching client who consistently fails to complete their homework or workshop assignments? I've had clients that had resistance for a long time and they realized they weren't working in the right area and they made an important pivot and their whole energy shifted. And it's amazing to watch that. We have to process it because it's like, I feel bad because I've been working in this one area. Did I waste that time? And so we have to process and say, no, you didn't waste that time, but let's reflect on what you learned from that, that you can apply to this new area. And so I just know when they're continually not doing it, there's something going on that's resistance or it's not the right fit or they're just not ready or they're not fully committed. So some of my coaching turns into life coaching around what's getting in the way when I see that happen consistently. Joy, is there a question that I haven't asked about homework or workshopping something during a session that you think we should ask to help Joan answer this question that she wrote in about? I know my sessions are so much more effective when I get something ahead of time of these are the things where I'm getting stuck. This is something I would like to workshop with you because then we both come into that session so much more prepared and we can use our time much more efficiently to workshop if we need to or to decide on what the next step of homework is to do. So true. So true. Joan, I just want to thank you for sending in your question, and I hope Joy and I did a good job of answering it. And I just want to summarize some of the things that we've talked about today. We talked about the difference between workshopping and homework and how workshopping is having maybe a draft of something, reviewing it, giving edits and suggestions, or maybe it's about role play, but it's always done under research. Here's my ideas, my thoughts, bringing my experience and then having them research it to determine if that's true for themselves. And, you know, homework being something that is done after the session to help deepen the learning or help the synapses form in our brains. And Joy, I like what you talked about where it's something that both the client and the coach agree upon. Sometimes the coach gives homework, sometimes the client creates and identifies their own homework, but both agree on it moving forward. And how the homework helps to form new thoughts and help the client to identify here's what's urgent right now to help them stay focused so that they're not getting distracted by that bright, shiny object or they're not getting into overwhelm. And really the homework needs to be in alignment with them making progress. And when we give homework to talk about what is the homework and why is this relevant right now, giving that why is an important part of it. We talked about if they don't do homework, how do we explore what's going on and identifying the mindset and helping to break it down or identifying those trigger spots and what's stopping them. And we talked about some of the mistakes that coaches might make when giving homework and getting into an area where they know what needs to be done, but forgetting to check in with them or not remembering the circumstances of our different clients. And then when we give homework, to ask, you know, are you able to do this? Are you willing to do this? And do you have what you need? And then asking that, when will you have this done by? 
We talked about if there's a client that consistently fails at this and the importance of celebrating the progress. We covered so much on such a cool topic today. Joy, do you have any other parting words? This is a relationship between the client and the coach. And the more that we're in agreement and in communication about what's going on, the more effective and productive it can be and the faster we can move you forward. I love having these conversations with my clients and helping them push through whatever's getting in their way so that we can get them to what they want to create in their lives. So beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Joy Torsha for this great conversation. You can find out more about her at torchlightlifedesign.com. That's torchlight, L-I-G-H-T, lifedesign.com. Joy, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Melinda. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mayor CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Self-Awakened Lifestyle and Course Lab. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming and previous great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because 
it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.